0: you may be seated so glad you're here welcome to church on the hill you boys before y'all walk off help me put pull this a little bit forward great job yeah come here <laughs> oh god bless you we're so glad you're here welcome to church on the hill i'm pastor paul that was my beautiful wife elizabeth and we're so thankful that you're here and that you've chosen us this morning Isn't the presence of the Lord good? Yeah, these guys do so good. They just take us right into the presence of the Lord, and we trust in our God. Amen? Amen. You're going to have to wake up for me now. You should have already had your coffee. Should already have your caffeine. We're going to dive right in. We've been talking the last few weeks about the whole armor of God, and you would, oh, they're having a party in there. All right. (laughs) All right. Let me get my phone up and going. I went to sleep on you. I got to do sound this morning. If y'all don't know, I started off in the sound booth. Those that have been with us for a while, I used to say that almost every week. I haven't done it in a long time, but I love to do sound. Um, But let's dive in here. All right. The whole armor of God. So we're just going to take off. On Ephesians chapter 6. Now I would encourage you, go back and read the other scriptures. Because it t- talks about the pieces that we've already talked about. The breastplate of righteousness. Um, the shoes. Um, today we're talking about the helmet. We talked about the belt of truth. Uh, today we're talking about the helmet of salvation. And take the helmet of salvation. And I want you to know that Satan always attacks us. And attacks a Christian on, a, on what a Christian does or doesn't know. He is good at getting in our head. Now again, I want to encourage you. It says to take up the whole armor of God. This one is not the most important. I don't know necessarily that some are more important than the others. Last week I kind of said I felt like that the shield of faith might be the most important one. But again, that's me. Um, it says that you cannot please God without faith. And I think faith is a biggie. But today we're talking about the helmet. And Satan attacks the mind. That's where he attacks is in our mind. And Paul tells us that specifically he attacks our salvation. Meaning whether or not we're saved. How many of you, since you've been saved, you've questioned it? That's normal. That's a normal thing. I want you to know one of the things, one of the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit is to confirm your salvation. The Holy Spirit, when we are genuinely being led by the Spirit of God, He will confirm that you're saved. The helmet of salvation. I wanna talk about your salvation. You may be here today and say, Pastor, I've never given my heart to Jesus. Great, today's the day. But if you have given your heart to the Lord, we're talking about your salvation. And I'm gonna, I'm going to, parallel or kind of make equal your salvation to your walk, to your life, to your heritage, who you are, where you came from. Because I want you to know, as we read earlier in Ephesians 6 uh, over the last few weeks, the enemies that we face are bigger and stronger than us on our own. So when you go and face an opponent bigger than you, you'd better know who you are. What does Satan do? He makes you question who you are. What does the Holy Spirit do? He confirms who you are. Satan tries to undercut that. The Holy Spirit's trying to give you confidence that the Lord is with you. So you can see how important the helmet is. I want to just briefly talk about one guy who faced a big opponent, and that was David. You know, when David got to the battlefield against Goliath, he knew the playing field. He knew who the enemy was. He knew who he was. So when he showed up and heard Goliath saying over all the the children of Israel, the army of Israel, when he heard him speak, he realized something's not right. Why? Because he knew who he was. He did not question who he was. He had no doubt who he was and who God was. He had no doubt who Goliath was. And he knew who David sided with and who sided with him, that God was on his side. You remember what David said when Goliath went out and said his spiel? He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would come against the armies of the Lord? What's he doing? He's sizing everybody up. Hey, armies of the Lord, you don't realize, but what he's saying is wrong. You stand on the side of victory. We just need to go take it. You won't do it. That's okay. I know who I am, and I'll do it. He went to the king, said, I'll do it. He tried to put on the king's armor. Didn't work. I want you to know the king's armor won't work. It's the Lord's armor that works. He was equipped with the Lord's armor. Now, I want you to know David was a little guy. He was a good-looking guy. What made him equipped? What equipped him? And I want to tell you, I believe it is the time spent with the Lord that David had spent out in the fields tending the sheep. He spent quality time, day in and day out, with the Lord. Intimate time. Time through challenges, time through battles, time through just sitting there watching the grass grow. Can you imagine watching sheep has to be a little bit boring at times? At others, you're facing lions and tigers and bears. Thank you. (laughs) Those of y'all that don't know, that's from the Wizard of Oz. Sometimes it's very exciting, other times it's pretty boring. But what David did was he was worshiping the Lord. He was writing songs, he was talking to God. So that when he faced a battle, there was no question. Why are y'all hiding behind the rocks? Would you get out from behind the rocks? We've got a victory to win right here. It's going to be awesome. We're going to hold this big doofus's head up and show everybody. Yeah, he's big, but don't you know who God is? He knew who he was. So, your salvation, or your knowledge and assurance of your salvation, I believe is based on your time, your knowledge, and your experience with God. The helmet is so important because you must know who you are in order to fight an enemy that's greater than you. You must know who you are. Construction workers... Wear helmets to protect their heads from falling objects. Football players well wear helmets to protect their heads from other players. Motorcycle riders should wear helmets. Everybody say amen. amen. My motorcycle rider didn't say amen. You go to other states, sometimes they're not wearing helmets. Sorry, not a good decision. There's a lot of factors that are in play that's even out of control of the motorcycle driver. I owned a motorcycle for a month, had a dog run out in front of me, sold the motorcycle. I'm a motorcycle fan. I still have my M on my license. So if you've got one and you want me to go ride with you, I'll ride with you. (laughs) Hint, hint. So can I just tell you, in your life, you're going to have accidents. Accidents happen. Why? Because we're not perfect. We're not perfect. And I want to ask you, after your accident, were you wearing your helmet? Damage to other parts of the body usually are pretty minor, but damage to the head is usually major. Brain damage is something hard to recover from. So why is it so important to wear a helmet to protect the head? Because the head is where the brain is. We need to be protecting our mind. Without the helmet, we can sustain it we would sustain an injury to our head and depending on the damage, anything could happen from loss of body function to walking, to talking, or to partial or complete loss of memory. How many of you have hit a challenge and you completely forgot who you were? You can get something like a concussion or enter into a coma. And if the damage to the brain is severe enough, you can be paralyzed or even die. Now, we can look at that in the physical sense, but I want you to be looking at it in the spiritual sense. You can be in a spiritual coma. You can have a spiritual concussion. Or you can kind of just check out altogether. It is very easy. And in Ephesians, when Paul refers to salvation, he's talking about the salvation or deliverance from the penalty of sin. And he's referring to justification. And so maybe you can kind of start to grasp this Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, that the helmet that we are to take on is our helmet of justification. The the helmet of justification, salvation. I'm using a lot of big preachy, churchy words this morning, but hang in there with me. You have been forgiven. You have been made right with God. You have been covered with the righteousness of Christ. You have been put in good standing with God. That is a blow-my-mind type statement. That's who you are if you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior. So why does this matter? What's the big deal with this helmet of salvation for the Christian? Especially for the Christian in spiritual warfare. What is the use of the helmet for the Christian who finds himself in a battle? When we experience damage to our head, usually sin, and we're not wearing the helmet of salvation, Satan sneaks in and makes you question who you are. Am I really saved? Is God really real? You stink. You're no good. You never have been. To simply put it, putting on the helmet provides us with the assurance of salvation. And it is a matter of the mind. Assurance of salvation is a factor of what you know and capital W, who you know. It's in our head. It's in our brain. And we contain the knowledge in our head of what Christ has done for us. It's in our head that we made a decision to believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. It's in our head to know that Christ has died for our sins and has forgiven us of those sins. It's in our head that Christ has truly forgiven us. And that I am truly forgiven. So when Paul talks about putting on the helmet of salvation, he's kind of saying, remember, know in your mind, understand in your mind that you are saved, you are justified, that Listen, church, that you are secure in the arms of Jesus. Taking up the helmet of salvation is the knowledge and the understanding of the assurance of our salvation. So if you're living righteously, you're in the Word, you're trying so hard, but all of a sudden you find yourself in some sin. Somehow Satan has slipped past some of the... uh, uh, armor that we have on and I want you to know what happens we slip up and these things slip by and get us right where it counts somehow one of satan's fiery darts have slipped in and he starts to taunt you oh a christian wouldn't have done that you must not be a christian Oh, a Christian wouldn't have said that word. Are you really a believer? Are you really a follower of Christ? You skipped your devotions today. Are you really a believer? How many of you have felt guilty for missing a day of reading? (laughs) It happens. How many of you have felt guilty when you've fallen down and sinned? Even though you've repented and you've come back to Christ, you still sometimes want to carry that burden behind you like a ball and chain. But you know God, you know His Word, you know how to come to Him, but somehow you still want to kind of carry that around. Stop! Jesus paid the price for that. He said, leave your burdens. Leave them there. Don't carry that around. You forgot who you are. There is a moment in, uh, and I'm going to probably quote this horribly wrong, but in Alice, Alice uh, in Wonderland where one of the characters finally come to Alice and said, don't you know who you are? I want to say to you, don't you know who you are? You are the king's child. Compute that. The child of the king. Not just that, but you are a forgiven child of the king. You are a made right with the king child of the king. You're not the black sheep child of the king. You must be wearing the helmet of salvation i kind of feel like it's a last line of defense when these things come in and actually get to you when you start questioning in your mind you're at risk at turning the wrong direction now things are about to really go bad satan has gotten past the shield of faith he has breached the breastplate of righteousness and now he's attacking your salvation questioning whether you're saved or not Sometimes you might even start to think you've lost your salvation. That God doesn't love you anymore. That God has given up on you. That God has thrown up his arms and turned his back on you. Listen to me, church. Don't check out because I know you battle this. Those are lies from the pit of hell. God is not a God who gives up. God doesn't give up. Your spiritual ears may be ringing. Your mind may be twirling. You can't see straight. Worry and doubt creeps in. You begin to panic. It's not a good feeling having the helmet of salvation take a blow from the enemy. But guess what? You had your helmet on. Yeah, your ears may be ringing, stars may be twirling around your head, but at least it's not your brains on the street. And so these situations, if you have your helmet on, if you are knowledgeable about what the Bible says about your salvation in Jesus Christ, you can be sure that you are saved, no matter what the devil throws at you. When the devil reminds you of your past, remind him... Of his future. Don't forget what Satan's future is. And also, don't forget what your future is. It is an incredible tactic of the enemy to continually bring up your past. One of the hardest things I found in life is to forgive myself. Christ has forgiven me. So how do we put on the helmet? Let me just conclude today about how we take up the helmet of salvation. To know that you're saved. How do you know that you're safe and secure? Well, the first part of as we looked at this armor is it is based on your knowledge. It's not based on your works. It's based on what and who you know, not what you've done. Not what you've done on the positive nor what you've done in the negative. Romans 8, chapter 8, is a great passage on the security of the believer. We read, once we are saved and justified by God, that nothing can separate us from him. Can everybody say nothing? Nothing. Nothing. Not your sin, not the enemy, nothing. Not anyone else, nothing. Not angels or demons, not death or anything in heaven and on earth, which even includes ourselves. I can't hijack my life so badly that I am removed from God's love. I may feel like it, but I can't. Nothing we can do can separate us from God's love. In Romans chapter 8, verse 38, it says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky, above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. Some of you need this on your refrigerator. Some of you need this on your uh, mirror when you're getting ready in the morning. Some of you need this in your car when you start to doubt, when you start to hurt. God is with you and nothing can separate him from you. The assurance of salvation is so important to the Christian life. Some might think that it it is a peripheral or a controversial doctrine. It's not. It's central. It provides us with great peace and comfort to know that God loves us so much that no matter how far I may fall off, He still loves us. Unconditional and infinite love is one of the best motivators to spur us on in the Christian life. I'm going to share something. I, my son's just going to have to forgive me, but he had got his truck in bad shape, and something that got, he had gotten stuck, he had stuck his truck, into some of you men out there, you're like, oh, yeah, finally, way to go, Pete, good job. But um, something that came out of Sunday school that I had not recognized is that in my mind, I just was like, what were you thinking? What would you do? Why would you do that? What the heck? How did you get to this point? Goodness gracious. But someone in in Sunday school said, what did he do? He called his dad. He called his dad. Now, I'm not God. His truck still sits stuck. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to work on it today. He didn't want to call his mom for multiple reasons, (laughs) but there's something incredibly significant about being at that point and stopping and remembering who you are, and I've got somebody that can help me, somebody that will help me, somebody that's got my best interest in mind. Now, on a natural standpoint, I beat Pete up pretty bad through that whole endeavor. I want you to know God's not a God that beats you up. God is a loving God that is ready to get you out of that mess. Restore you. Set your feet on the ground. Point you in the right direction and walk with you as you go. Such a great image that uh, our Sunday school class gave me this morning. Who are you going to call? What are you waiting for? It says in John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hands. Do you know who you are? I want to just ask you, if you don't know who you are, it's time I want to tell you, if you've not received Christ as your Lord and Savior, let's just back up and I want you to know it is God who created you. He was at the beginning. He'll be at the end. And he is for you. He has been waiting for you. And he loves you. We here as a church family are ready to take you in and to help you walk. I want you to know there are people here in this church right now that have gotten their truck stuck. He's not the first one to do this. I've done it, I just didn't tell him. (laughs) I told his girlfriend, I didn't tell him. (laughs) It wasn't the time for that story. (laughs) Struggling in marriage, struggling with kids, struggling with health, struggling with decisions, struggling with addiction, struggling, struggling, struggling. We're walking through it, but I want you to know It's a different walk when you're walking with the Lord. There's no way for me to really explain that except to say it's a different walk. And you view it completely differently. What Satan's trying to do for bad, God wants to do for good. And I know him to be faithful. And there are people sitting next to you that knows this faithful God. Would you consider giving your heart to Jesus today? Let's just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you that if I know who I am, I am assured that I am yours. There is no question as I start to look, as I start to dig. But Father, I just ask you to forgive me for the times that my buttons get pushed and I forget who I am. And I waver and I fall. And I don't come running back quickly. Help me, Holy Spirit, to remember who I am. Help this church body to know who we are. We are yours. Just ask right now, those that don't know Jesus, would you just pray with me and just ask Jesus to say, Jesus, I give my heart to you. I ask you to forgive me. And I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. It says in Romans uh, I'm going to draw a blank. It says in Romans that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. Would you do that? Just thank you, Lord. You're so good. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Will you guys check out the screens? We're going to show you our announcements. God bless you. Hey, good morning, Church on the Hill. This is Weekend Update, and I've got the scoop on the things that are happening this coming week. On Monday, we've got some things focused on the ladies in the church. 10 o'clock, you're meeting at Poets on the Square for Coffee Talk, and at noon, Cheddars for the Ladies Lunch Bunch. This Wednesday, we're going to let the good times roll. At 6 o'clock, we're eating red beans and rice, only $3 a person, but we need you to go out into the lobby and sign up for that. Make sure that you don't miss out on that. Next Sunday is our prayer small group that's gonna be meeting up here at the church at 5.30, so make sure you put that on your calendar. June 26th through 28th, we are having our Camp Out Vacation Bible School. It's gonna be Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So if you're an adult, I would love for you to come out, volunteer for that. The difference that you can make in a kid's life is truly groundbreaking. So if you're an adult and you have any time available during those three days, run out to the lobby, get signed up to help volunteer. Or if you have a child,